Salutations, listeners. You are listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. Well, I think it goes without saying that if you're a jazz fan in 2020 or 2021, one of the things that has been ailing you is the lack of live jazz. Now, granted, there's been some great streaming live jazz, and God bless everybody from, you know, Birdland, the Village Vanguard, you know, Joe Lovano, Ethan Iverson, Billy Hart, and hosts of others. That's wonderful. But there's nothing quite like that feeling of trying to be there like you're there in person. And in that same spirit, in the same way that these guys have been streaming their concerts, um, I decided, well, maybe that should be a different approach that we're going to take. So what we're going to try to do is once a month is we're going to try to bring you live jazz. Now, (laughs) one thing that we're going to do is to try to bring that level of being in the club, listening to some of the greats, to you. So what I've done is I've compiled a playlist um, from on my computer of 900 plus live jazz albums, whether that's you know Birdland, whether that's the Village Vanguard or Carnegie Hall. The point is, is that if they're live, I put them in the playlist, and then I just hit shuffle and to give it that spontaneous element to what else but jazz. And the only rule is that I get to veto a duplicate artist. So if it does it twice, then I'm, I'm going to change that up and make sure that, you know, that way you get 21 different artists. So with that said, here are 21 live jazz tracks to take your ears back to the the jazz clubs so um, enjoy don't forget to tip your bartenders on the way out the door and uh, here is some live jazz for you Thank you. 
you want the L.A.M., all you do is holler Sam. He'll bring them to you, and late at night, best work is due. So zip a thing a when the wags in the shed, they will in a...
All right. That was the Bebop classic, Stablemates, performed beautifully by none other than the great Stan Getz on the tenor saxophone, Chet Baker on the trumpet, the great George Moraz on bass, Victor Lewis on drums, and the one and only Jim McNeely on the piano. <clears throat> Incredible music. It uh, comes from the album Quintessence, Volume 1. A lot of, lot of great uh, bebop things on this album. Dizzy Atmosphere, Star Eyes, Just Friends. Uh, but yeah... Stan and Chet, uh, and quite later in life, I might add, too, this is not one of their uh, their young recording sessions from, like, the 50s. This is actually uh, live in Norway from February 19th, 1983. So, uh, just a few years before the both of them passed. And um, great energy. You can hear the crowd just jump, 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 clapping along. And it's just very cool. Now... Uh, might, might I add, as a preface before I introduce this next tune, the middle tune that we heard, which was Sam, Sam, the Vegetable Man. Um, these were completely randomly selected. I just hit play, and I just wrote down each one of the first 21 tracks, unless if it was a duplicate artist. And it just so happened that... <laughs> um, Sam Sam the Vegetable Man by the great Roy Eldridge was the track that was randomly chosen um, <laughs> from Roy Eldridge uh, Arcadia Shuffle live 1939 at the Arcadia Ballroom and that features uh, Roy Eldridge of course on the trumpet uh, Joe Eldridge on the alto saxophone Ted Sturgis on the bass Prince Robinson on clarinet and tenor sax, Panama Francis on the drums, uh, Clyde Hart on the piano, Franz Jackson on the tenor saxophone, Eli Robinson on the trombone, and we got to hear Laurel Watson. Not Laura, but Laurel. Some people would say Laurel, but it's Laurel. Uh, Watson on vocals from Sam Sam the Vegetable Man. All the way back from 1939. Mm, great stuff. And then we opened up that set with none other than the great Bird himself. Talking about Charlie Parker. Live from the open door. We heard right into it. Like there was no intro or anything. It's like one of those like live things that somebody just taped it. And luckily, somebody was there to catch all of it. We heard Ornithology by the great Charlie Parker alongside uh, trumpeter Benny Harris. Um, and if you're not sure uh, who Benny Harris is, Benny Harris is, at least on this album, he is half credited for writing Ornithology with Charlie Parker. So there you go. Benny Harris on trumpet. Uh, both Bud Powell and Al Haig uh, took some piano duties on this gig. Charles Mingus on the bass and the great drummer Art Taylor, one of my favorites. And what's really cool about this uh, gig at the Open Door, July 26, 1953, 
Um, let's give you a little bit of backstory about the Open Door. The Open Door was a club near Washington Square in Greenwich Village, New York. And this is exactly when Jack Kerouac was hanging out at the Open Door, checking out all the bebop sounds and stuff like that. And it's even possible that Kerouac could have been in the audience during this exact recording that you just heard to start off this entire podcast. And um, many have felt that him taking notes and taking in all the sights and sounds and everything uh, from gigs like this with Charlie Parker at the Open Door is what gave inspiration for his novel, The Subterraneans. So... um, they said that the aural amb- ambiance is literally shaped by the room. The cigarette smoke, the crowd, the intoxicants, and the primitive tape recording apparatus used to capture these precious moments near the end of Charlie Parker's brief life give it a, a style all of its own. So, and some critics think that uh, during certain songs, like Scrapple from the Apple and ornithology which we heard they seem to think that Charlie Parker at times sounds like Ornette Coleman in a precursor to what Ornette sounded like later on so interesting take there Um, but yeah Charlie Parker nonetheless 1953 live at the open door so that's what we're doing is like like I said it's a complete I Ching sort of thing you know what I mean except there's no 4 minutes 33 seconds you dig so what we've got is 21 live jazz tracks and we hope you're enjoying it remember if you want to check out some of these albums we've got all that posted at our website so that way you know what to order or look for in your own local record shop and that website is Dr. Jazz Podcast D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast.wordpress.com and you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcasts Apple Podcasts SoundCloud Stitcher any place like that so Feel free to subscribe, pass it on to your friends if you think they'd be interested, and we would love to hear from you. So feel free to write us. And if you want to check us out on Twitter and follow us for whenever each new episode drops, feel free to do that at NDHJazz. All right, now enough said. Let's get back to some more live jazz. You are listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Thank you. 
Yesterday, a man killed my brother. Today, I killed the man. Tomorrow, his brother will have to kill me. What will it all mean to eternity? Who is our enemy? That stirs our hearts designed for peace to shed our blood in wars that never cease Sister, who is our enemy? Destroying the human family Yesterday Today and tomorrow Can it be my flag or your race or my creed or our vanity or an evil spirit Seen by all humanity. Brother and sister, 
a mother and father oh, is our enemy yesterday today and gorgeous gorgeous <clears throat> gorgeous song by the great Joe Williams ah uh, it's a tune called Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. And God, that couldn't be more poignant than nowadays, you know? Sometimes when you leave uh, tracks up to chance, sometimes they find just the right thing. Um, but yeah, it's a tune written by Tom McIntosh, and it comes from the 1973 album Joe Williams Live, which on its surface you'd be like, okay, it's another live album from Joe Williams. What's a big deal. Well, on this particular album, not that you got to hear everybody, but the whole album's great as a whole. Um, And it includes Cannonball Adderley on the alto sax, Nat Adderley, his brother on the cornet, the great George Duke on acoustic and electric piano, Walter Booker on the bass and the guitar, uh, Carol Kay on the electric bass, Roy McCurdy on the drums, and King Arison on the congas. Um, as it turns out, this is uh, an, a second time that Cannonball Adderley has done an in-studio live recording. The first being live at the It Club, or live at The Club, you know, in which he had Mercy, 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 Zakawo, Fun, Games, Hippadelphia, you know, all those tracks, right? But this one is a live album <clears throat> in Studio A from Fantasy Studios. And it's in front of a live audience. Uh, and it was released on the Fantasy label in 73. But nonetheless, it was live. They didn't just superimpose the crowd. There was a crowd there and they were performing for people. So essentially it is live. So there you have it. Um, and a great tune, man. Just a great, great, great tune. <laughs> um before that, we heard Freezing Fire from Weather Report from their album Live and Unreleased. And that track, Freezing Fire, uh, came from the new Victoria Theatre in London, November 27, 1975, pre-Jaco. And of course, we heard the great Quartet of Joe Zavinola on the keyboards, Wayne Shorter on the saxophones, Alfonso Johnson on the bass, laying it down, and the great Chester Thompson on drums. Not a lot of people give Chester Thompson credit, but that dude knew how to sling some drums. You know what I'm saying? Um, and he was pre-Peter Erskine. So there you go. And then we started off the set with uh, the great Take the A-Train. And it comes from... Uh, Duke Ellington's The Great Chicago Concerts on the Music Masters label. And um, it's a two-CD set. Uh, the concert was recorded January 20th, 1946. 
in Chicago. Of course, we heard the theme for the Duke Ellington Orchestra, Take the A-Train, written by the great Billy Strayhorn. And this band, no doubt, is a just all-star group. So I'm just going to list some of them here. Cat Anderson on the trumpet, Shorty Baker on trumpet, uh, Lawrence Brown on the trombone, Harry Carney on the clarinet and Barry Sachs, uh, Wilbur de Paris, a great trombone player. Of course, Dukes at the piano, uh, Bernard Flood on trumpet, uh, Sonny Greer on the drums, Fred Guy on the guitar, uh, Jimmy Hamilton on sax, tenor sax and clarinet, Otto Hardwick on the reeds, um, Sheldon Hempville on the trumpet, Johnny Hodges, of course, on the alto sax, Claude Jones on trombone, Taft Jordan on trumpet, Ray Nance on the trumpet. Uh, Oscar Pettiford was a guest artist on the bass. Russell Prokop was on alto sax and clarinet. And uh, Al Sears is on tenor sax and Francis Williams is on trumpet. But what is indubitably important to let you know about this concert is that um, on the first CD which was recorded November 10th, 1946 in Chicago. This is where none other than the great Django Reinhardt guest starred on this concert. And there's like two tracks, um, a blues riff and improvisation number two. And it's the Duke Ellington Orchestra with Django Reinhardt live in concert. It doesn't get better than that. And supposedly there's these stories about how Django was supposed to join the Ellington Orchestra, but then, and then like Duke gave him an advance, and then he was like four days late, and then he said, "Oh, I got lost in a cab." And it's like that's not how this works, you know. <laughs> so, um, but nonetheless, there is a recorded document of the great Duke Ellington with Django Reinhardt, so on this exact same album, although we didn't get to hear that track. Like I said, these tracks are all randomly selected. And um, there are some goodies in here. There's some head scratchers, but there's some goodies too. So, um, regardless, we are bringing you live jazz here from our live jazz episode here at the Dodge Jazz Podcast. We hope to do this once a month to at least provide some kind of live jazz with all the greats um, for you to give you some great sense of live jazz until things get back to normal. Because that's what we're trying to do here is cure whatever it is that ails you. And the absence of live jazz in person is something that is ailing all of us, me included. So hopefully this gives you a smile on your face and some taps in your toes or in your fingertips. And, um, yeah, puts you in a little bit of better mood. So there's light. You just got to look for it. Okay, let's get back to some more great live jazz. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to live jazz on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. When day is done and night comes on Until the dawn What do I do? I take your hand And wander through one Dream dancing with you We dance 
difference between a sky serene and fields of green sparkling with dew it's joy sublime whenever I spend my Singing a you love me, dear. Let me make my career dream dancing through paradise, prancing, dreaming, dancing, dancing with you. Let me hear the bridge, Georgie.
the saxophone colossus talking about Sonny Rollins from his new unearthed album Rollins in Holland uh, it's a two CD set um, or a two record set um, yeah it's absolutely killer music uh, some studio stuff a lot of live stuff and what we just heard uh, was the classic Burt Kalmar and Harry Ruby tune one of my favorites three little words um, at a gargantuan length at over 20 minutes but it never gets old I mean there's just always something to keep you going you know what I mean and listening and hanging on in that song um, <clears throat> of course the great Sonny Rollins on saxophone is backed up by Rude Jacobs on the bass and the great Han Benink on the drums in that sax bass drums trio format that Sonny loved so much um, it was recorded live at the Academy voor Belland Kunst Arnhem in the Netherlands and I probably butchered that so I apologize I really do uh, my Dutch is no good uh, on May 3rd, 1967. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's Sonny Rollins, man. You can't go wrong <laughs> with that. Uh, before that, and like I said, all of these tracks were just randomly chosen. So, I mean, one after the other. So, normally I wouldn't put two saxophone trios back to back, but that's how it laid out. Because right before the master, we heard the student. We heard the great Branford Marsalis with his trio, uh, consisting of Robert Hurst on the bass and the great Jeff Tane Watts on drums. We heard the standard Everything Happens to Me. And uh, that comes from their 1991 recording, or released in 1993, but it was recorded in September of 1991, uh, the album Bloomington. And... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's um, it's interesting. There's some mixed uh, vibes about this, you know. Um, there, there's some people that say that this is a career positioning statement, uh, in matter of fact, musical terms for for Branford, and other people say um, that you know, it just seems that. Branford's being a chameleon. He's not being an original um, saxophonist with his own voice because he's doing his impressions of late period Coltrane, Sonny Rollins, and Ornette Coleman. And it's like, uh, okay. Not sure they were hearing the same record I was. But, I mean, I think Branford's pretty all that in a bag of chips. But, um, yeah. Killer music to me. I mean... Man, lots of great stuff, uh, especially Tane. Tane's really, and I'm a sax player, but Tane's killing it. So, and he's so um, sensitive with what's going on on the drums. It's very empathetic, you know. Uh, and then there you go. We started off with um, the great Mel Torme and uh, George Shearing backing him up on the piano with Don Thompson on the bass, Donnie Osborne on the drums from the album An Evening at Charlie's. 
It was recorded in uh, October of 1983. And uh, we got to hear the Cole Porter classic, Dream Dancing. Now, that comes right after the, the Joe Williams tune. And normally I wouldn't put two male vocalists back to back. But once again, as a whole, it's hard to say that it's going wrong or poorly when you've got Joe Williams, Mel Torme with George Shearing, Branford Marsalis with Tane Watts, and Sonny Rollins from his most recent album uh, that's been unearthed. So, so far, so good if you ask me. Hopefully you're digging it too. Remember, we are bringing you live jazz because it is our mission statement here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to try to cure whatever it is that ails you. And we all know that we are missing some live music, some live jazz. So hopefully with these masters and so many of, gr- of these great live recordings that they have to their name, we're just randomly choosing through a generator um, these tracks, and we're hoping you dig it. So remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcasts, wherever you found this one, you can find it there too. <laughs> uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you can subscribe, you can like, you can do all that stuff. We really appreciate it. Remember, we're not making any money here. We're just spreading the good vibes of jazz music. So, uh, if you want to check out our website, we've got all of the track information for each episode, so it's easy for you to navigate. That website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast.wordpress.com, and you can also follow us on Twitter if you want to know when each new episode drops. Okay, That address or handle is at NDHJazz, and we'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or if you'd like to write a review uh, especially on Apple, that would certainly help out. Or just give, you know, three, four, five stars, whatever you feel like. Um, just be honest. Anyway, enough uh, PSA for our podcast here. Let's get back to some more great live jazz here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Enjoy.
Victoria's Step, written by bassist Scott LaFaro. Uh, what you heard was Gloria's Step, take two, from the Complete Village Vanguard recordings, 1961. It was recorded June 25th, 1961, by the great Bill Evans trio consisting of Bill Evans on the piano, Scott LaFaro on the bass, and the great Paul Motion on drums. Uh, where Gloria's Step Take Two comes into the chronology of things is that it's actually uh, the first track that was recorded in the evening set, number one. There was a previous take, take one of Gloria's Step, but it was interrupted due to a power outage in the afternoon set one. So, um interesting take there and you actually get to hear the interrupted take uh, through this um, box set so it's a fantastic box set of course it is one of the most famous Bill Evans trios uh, of all of his trios and many of his trios are quite quite talented um, you have Mark Johnson with Joe LaBarbera you have um, Jack DeJeanette with Eddie Gomez there's lots of great trios that Bill had, <coughs> but the LaFaro Motion Evans trio is uh, the first really great trio that he had. And there was a special empathy there that was sadly cut short uh, less than two weeks from these recordings. In the fact that um, the bassist Scott LaFaro would die tragically in an automobile accident on July 6th, and these were recorded June 25th. So there you go, um, which left Bill Evans in uh, quite an amount of disarray and depression. Uh, I think it was like six months before he would even return to playing live performances. And um, he just walk around with uh, LaFaro's sweater because he was like a brother to him. And he deeply, deeply missed him on a personal level and on a musical level. So... Um, yeah, it was it was a fantastic recording session that yielded recordings like "Waltz for Debbie" and "Live at the Vill Sunday at the Village Vanguard." Um, but there was tragedy at the end of that. So, luckily for us, Bill came out of that and re re played again and recorded some more. Um, but yeah, it, it's very poignant that the track that was just randomly chosen was "Gloria Step," which happens to be. Scott LaFaro's composition. So, uh, before that, we heard um, a band that was heavily inspired by the great Bill Evans. We heard the Pat Metheny group, and uh, we heard the track "Straight on Red," which comes from their album "Travels" from 1983. Uh, it was recorded. Well, rather, it was released in 83, but it was recorded July through November 1982, and it comes off the heels of their studio album, Off-Ramp. And um, there's lots of great tracks on this uh, two-CD set um, from uh, the Off-Ramp album as well as the self-entitled Pat Metheny Group album, both on ECM. And, uh, of course, this features the great Pat Metheny on guitars, uh, the great, late, great Lyle Mays on piano and synthesizers, Steve Rodby 
on acoustic and electric bass and Danny Gottlieb on the drums, as well as Nena Vasconcelos on percussion. So, um, yeah. And it was recorded on multiple venues uh, and taken just like the best tracks from those live venues from Philadelphia, Dallas, uh, Sacramento, Hartford, Nacogdoches, lots of great uh, concert foot, uh, you know, recordings. And, um, yeah, so, and that's not one you typically necessarily would listen to, Straight on Red, um, off of the uh, first CD there, but it's it's great, and um, definitely one of my favorites now. Yeah, it's strange how certain things just pop up, you know. And then we started off the set with uh, some more Fusion Masters, talking about the great Herbie Hancock on keyboards, with Jaco Pastorius on the bass, uh, Jay Levy on the drums, and Benny Maupin on the saxophone recorded live at the Ivanhoe Theater in Chicago, 1977. We heard Maiden Voyage, the classic composition by Herbie Hancock for Blue Nut Records. But as, as I said before, this is in his Fusion Days, 1977, from an album called Live Voyage. Uh, there's a live version of Cantaloupe Island, Hang Up Your Hang-Ups, and Chameleon as well. So definitely check out that album in its entirety if you haven't. So it's a great album, and it's one of the few times you get to hear Jocko with the great Herbie Hancock. So there you have it. All right, we got a few more great sets of music coming for you, so don't go anywhere. If you need to pause the podcast, absolutely pause the podcast. Take a bathroom break or, you know, uh, get up and stretch your legs for just a spell. Go and uh, fix yourself another drink or a cup of coffee or grab a snack. Whatever suits you. You do you. And, um, and we'll be here for a few more sets of great live jazz when you get back. But until then, we're going to press on. So uh, without further ado, we are going to start off this set with the president of the tennis saxophone. Talking about the man who invented the word cool. We'll talk about it on the next set break. Let's listen to some Lester Young. You're listening to the Dr. Dan Podcast. Oh, 
Studio 58. Thelonious Monk has been playing and composing his own unique brand of jazz for almost 20 years. Here he's accompanied by Ahmed Abdul Malik on the bass and O.C. Johnson on the drums. The song is Blue Monk.
That is the great, the one and only Thelonious Sphere Monk on the piano with O.C. Johnson on the drums and Ahmed Abdul-Malik on the bass. And it comes from the 1957 CBS broadcast, The Sound of Jazz. If you've never, ever seen that, do yourself a favor and go watch it right now because it's got the great uh, Count Basie, Lester Young, Coleman Hawkins, uh, Thelonious Monk Trio, Jimmy Jufri and his trio with Jim Hall on guitar, uh, Pee Wee Russell's there, Jerry Mulligan, Ben Webster, uh, Doc Cheatham, so many cats, but then Billie Holiday is there as well, and it is live, and she is in all of her glory, um... And it's one of the few times you actually get to see Hawk and Prez play side by side with Lady Day right there. It's just an intense feeling, and it's wonderful. And uh, sadly, like two years later, both Prez and Lady Day would pass away. Um, So, but yeah, and Thelonious Monk, man. Like, there's this shot, I've seen this hundreds of times, um, there's this shot while he's playing Blue Monk that Basie is, like, leaning over the piano, <clears throat> and he's, like, looking at Monk, like, what, he, what, you know, like, how is he, how does that work that way, you know, and Monk later said that it freaked him out that Basie was kind of looking at him like that and just staring at him. He said, how would he feel if I went up to uh, the stage and just sat right by him and looked on his piano while his band, big band was performing? <laughs> so <laughs> That's just Monk, though. Um, but Monk sounded great. Great on that. And then, um, so yeah, Thelonious Monk, The Sound of Jazz. Before that, we heard from Kid Ori and his group live at the Green Room. Uh, volume one, we heard the Dipper Mouth Blues, which is a King Oliver classic. Uh, but uh, this comes from 1947 at uh, the Green Room in San Francisco. We heard Kid Ori, of course, on the trombone, uh, Joe Derensburg on the clarinet, and the great Papa Mutt Carey on the cornet. Uh, let's see here. Ed Garland is on the Barry Sax. Minor Hall is on the drums. Um, and Bud Scott is on the guitar. And Buster Wilson is on the piano. And um, what's interesting here is that um, the musicians didn't even know that they were actually being recorded. And to make matters worse, there's a Volume 1 and a Volume 2 live at the Green Room, Kid Ori and his Creole Jazz Band. And um, to make matters worse, to add insult to injury, besides not even knowing that they were being recorded, uh, they were just asked, they they had requests left and right as soon as they got there of all of these swing standards that did not fit their style at all. So they were waiting, they they were asking for Stormy Weather, and Yes Sir, That's My Baby, and Stardust, and My Buddy, and Sioux City Sue and Whispering, and, you know, all these things like that. 
Perdido, uh, Oh Lady Be Good, and they were doing the best they could, but then after about, you know, 13 tunes, they said, okay, now we're going to do our stuff. So they started doing, you know, the trad jazz, New Orleans-style Dixieland classics like Snag It, Bill Bailey, Won't You Please Come Home, uh, Shimmy Like Sister Kate, and uh, the Dipper Mouth Blues by King by King Oliver. And um, it took them a little while to warm up, but um, a lot of critics say that Volume 2 is better than the first. I don't know. Personally, I'm just a, I'm a Kid Ori fanatic. I love Kid Ori in that, in that tailgate trombone style. And we don't have a lot of uh, examples of Papa Mutt Gary. So you just got to kind of take it for what it is. You know, that's my take. Um, yeah, and then before that, speaking of uh, Prez and Lester Young, we heard um, the tail end uh, as they were closing out the set of Lullaby of Birdland, and uh, that features, of course, Lester Young on the tenor saxophone, Bill Potts on the piano. Uh, let's see here... Jim Lucht on the drums and Norman Williams on the bass. And um, this comes from the uh, Live in Washington, D.C., 1956, Volume 5. There are five volumes of it, and this is, uh, they always ended with Lullaby Birdland, and this is the very tail end of that gig. So, like I said, I did not choose the tracks, I just ran them through, you know. Um, out of 900 plus live albums, um, this is what we got. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but yeah, it's just still, even if it's just a snippet, it's great to hear the great president of the tennis saxophone, Prez, just play, you know, because he's just awesome. So uh, we got two more sets coming at you. But remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts, and we would love to get a, a positive review from you if you have the quick time to do that. So um, we appreciate it if you do. Uh, our our website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z, podcast.wordpress.com, drjazzpodcast.wordpress.com. And there you can find um, track information and album art for everything you hear for every episode of the Dodge Jazz Podcast. So it's easy to navigate. We've updated it, and hopefully that'll help you out as well. And lastly, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter to know when each new episode drops, you can do that at NDHJazz. We'd love to have you follow us and love to hear from you if you have any suggestions. So that being said, let's get to some more live jazz here on the Dodge Jazz Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> All right. So Moose the Mooch, uh, another bebop standard there uh, by one of the founding fathers of bebop, talking about the great Bud Powell and his trio live at the Golden Circle, Volume 4, recorded April 23rd, 1962. Um, Moose the Mooch was that set opener uh, for this particular uh, disc. Like I said, there are it's Volume 4, uh, so there's five total volumes. Um, and it's taken from two nights that Bud Powell performed at... Uh, the Golden Circle in Stockholm. Uh, he is accompanied by the bassist, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I I apologize way ahead of time. Uh, Torbjorn Holtkrantz on bass, and Suni Spangberg on the drums, and of course the great Bud Powell on piano. And he's in really good form on uh so many of these uh, tracks. Before that, we heard from the great Stan Kenton and his orchestra from their album The Summer of 51. And uh, we heard Intermission Riff, which is um, written by the great Ray Wetzel, trumpet player for Kenton. And um, what's really cool is this was recorded at the Hollywood Palladium, 1951, summertime. Um, and quite a host of great, great soloists uh, on hand for this gig. Talking about Maynard Ferguson, Shorty Rogers, Milt Bernhardt, Art Pepper, Bob Cooper. Uh, and yeah, and it's, it's loaded with a lot of Kenton classics. Uh, Eager Beaver, Painted Rhythm, Artistry and Rhythm, um, Machito, and... Um, Dedicated to, of course, the great uh, Salsero Majito. Uh, and, of course, what we heard right there, Intermission Riff. So uh, definitely a disc worth checking out if you dig the, some Stan Kenton. And it's got probably my favorite, on a personal note, my favorite version of Stardust uh, by Stan Kenton and his orchestra. It's so lush and... Um, it's like it's this almost counter melody to the melody of Stardust. And it's a trombone feature, which I know is odd coming from a sax player, but it's just gorgeous and I love it. Um, and then we started off the set with the great violinist, Jean Luc Ponty, uh, from his 1978 album, Jean Luc Ponty Alive. Uh, we heard Aurora, part two. And it was recorded in December of 1978, uh, released in April of 79. Uh, Jean-Luc Ponty was on the violin. Alan Zavod was on electric piano. Jamie Glazer was on electric guitar, as was Joaquin Livano. Ralph Armstrong was on the bass. Casey Shurell was on the drums. And, um, yeah, Jean-Luc Ponty, he is a uh, living legend. So, um this is a good one, for sure. His most recent uh, foray into a lot of uh, public circles was when uh, Chick Corea, the late great Chick Corea, reunited uh, the Return to Forever group and then made some changes. There was ori the original four at first with Demiola, Clark, and, and White, and then there were some changes, and it became 
Chick with Stanley Clark, Lenny White, Frank Gambale, and Jean-Luc Ponty. So there was a lot of history there. It wasn't just like he randomly chose Jean-Luc Ponty. Jean-Luc was uh, on a part of many of Chick's 70s albums, like My Spanish Heart. So if you ever wonder who that um, spiffy violin soloist was in Armando's Rumba, it's the great Jean-Luc Ponty. So there you go. Um, yeah, so we got one more great set of live jazz coming at you. Hopefully you've dug this, um, and hopefully it's quenched your thirst for a little bit of live jazz and uh, put a smile on your face, because that's what we aim to do here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Uh, let's get to this last great set. We've got three outstanding numbers for you, and we do hope you dig it. And now Miles Davis and the quintet play four.
Stand has come to
Thank you. Thank you. Yes. What a great ending set right there. We started off that set with the great Miles Davis from his Unissued at Birdland, 1952 through 1959. We heard his composition four. And what an odd track or setup this is. Of course, Miles Davis is on the trumpet. No doubt about that. But Paul Chambers on the bass. Billy Joe Jones on the drums. And then this is where it gets interesting. Bobby Jasper on the tenor saxophone with Miles Davis. Tommy Flanagan on the piano with Miles Davis. Very interesting. Very interesting stuff. And for what it's worth, that track was from an ABC Dancing Party radio broadcast live from Birdland, New York, between October 17th and Halloween, October 31st, 1957. After that, we heard the Art Blakey Jazz Messengers with Horace Silver on the piano, Hank Mobley on the tenor saxophone, Kenny Dorham on the trumpet, Doug Watkins on the bass, and the great Art Blakey on drums. We heard the standard Gone with the Wind to set to close out the set from their live gig at the Cafe Bohemia, November 23rd, 1955. Live for Blue Note Records. Mm, such a great, great set of live albums. And then we closed out the thing with the great, the one and only Dizzy Gillespie, recorded July 6th, 1957 in Newport, Rhode Island. Dizzy Gillespie at Newport. We heard Manteca. The great tune by Gil Fuller, Dizzy Gillespie, and Chano Pozo. Of course, that's Dizzy's arrangement. And we've got to hear Dizzy on trumpets and Talib Dawood, Lee Morgan, Ermit Perry, and Carl Warwick on the trumpet, Chuck Connors, Al Gray, and Melba Liston on the trombone, Ernie Henry, Jimmy Powell on the alto sax, Benny Golson on the tenor saxophone, Billy Mitchell on tenor saxophone, Pee Wee Moore on Barry Sax. Wynton Kelly and Mary Lou Williams on piano. Uh, Paul E. West on the bass. Charlie Persip on the drums. Uh, Quincy Jones, Ernie Wilkins, Tad Dameron, and A.K. Salim all making arrangements for this great album. Lots of energy, lots of smiles, and a great way to close this set of live jazz on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. We do hope you dig this episode we hope that it's made your toes tap pop your fingers and brought some smiles to your faces so if we can't have live jazz we're going to make do the best way we can and even if it's it didn't quite cut your you know quench your thirst and hopefully at least brought some good music to you and made you at least you know enjoy it for what it was so, as we like to end every podcast, we'd like to say in the famous words of the great Duke Ellington, thank you for listening, and we do love you madly. And until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust.